Hi there, and welcome to another episode of InSync, Quenterprise's bi-monthly podcast in which we explore the world of supply chain and EDI, keep you abreast of the relevant information and news in our industry, and give you some insight as to how our company became one of the largest players in this space today. We've got a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about EDI chargebacks. My name is Joe Mandato. I'm the Director of Software Engineering at Coenterprise, and I am joined by my co-host, Michael Rabinowitz, our CEO and founder. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, so we're really excited about chargebacks uh, and this discussion. Seems like this is a topic that has gotten really hot lately, even though that chargebacks have been around for a while. Mike, why don't you get us started? You know, what, what is an EDI chargeback? We live in a time where consumers have high expectations of retailers. They have expectations that goods are delivered even day of an order, definitely within 24 hours or within 48 hours. And they have expectations that they're not actually paying shipping costs. For retailers to be able to do that, they have to have highly automated processes within their warehouse, within their ordering systems. And for them to be able to do that, retailers, their vendors have to be highly efficient as well. Whenever there is a holdup, a delay within that process, there are additional costs that the retailers have to plan for. Margins are very, very thin at this day and age. Those delays and those costs then become chargebacks. And every vendor uh, expects those chargebacks and they plan for them in their P&L. And since most of these companies with all of their automation are doing you know, 80, 90, sometimes higher percent EDI, it's no surprise that when you have some sort of issue with your EDI process, that's when you're going to get hit back, you know, with a chargeback the hardest. So a, a few examples of that. And Mike, like you said, it's all about you know, getting the shipment out as quickly as possible. So that means ASNs are very important. If, if I am ordering from a supplier, I need to make sure that product is going to get there soon. And I need to know the size, the weight, where it's going to fit in my warehouse. A lot of companies, their warehouse operations are completely automated. So having all that data is really important. But even before the shipment, uh, a purchase order acknowledgement in 855 is hugely important. Uh, if, I'm a, if I'm an online retailer and I need to stock my warehouse and I go to supplier one uh, and they don't tell me in a timely fashion that they don't have the full quantity that I required, uh, and it takes 48 hours for that uh, POA to go out. Well, now I might have just lost a sale as a retailer because I can't go to the next supplier or the third supplier uh, to, to make sure my, my uh, virtual shelves are filled. So any type of delay or any inaccuracy in, these, in this data, uh, let's use the ASN example. If I'm sending product to a retailer and I miscalculate uh, the size or weight of the packages, and they've got an automated process, and they know exactly where this package is going to fit in their very dense warehouse. Um, it's 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 there's no place for that data uh, for that package to go, so that can create inefficiencies. So, without a doubt, inaccurate and late data causes retailers to spend more money than they would than if everything was flowing. Uh, very smoothly. Um, and we've got a ton of stories of, of, you know, what the ramifications of this bad data is. Mike, why don't you start us off with a couple of those? 
Yeah, we, we do. Uh, as being an implementer of EDI solutions, integration solutions, and, and big data anal- analytics solutions, uh, we help companies strategically look at their business processes and make them more efficient. Vendors today are very excited about increasing sales volume. Their volumes are increasing quite considerably, especially in, in places like Amazon or, or e-tailing. But vendors have to be very careful at these increased volumes and make sure that they have the processes and the checks in place to ensure that the automation is happening smoothly. Some things that we've seen in the past and a result of a delay or an issue within a business process could result in a retailer refusing inventory, returning or disposing of inventory. And we have a story on that one that I'll share in a second, blocking future shipments or getting involved in resolving problems related to preparation of the goods that they are purchasing. Each of these have significant impacts on vendors, cost impacts, uh, planning impacts. One in particular story that I want to share is disposal of inventory. We have a customer that sent an ASN to the wrong retailer and then uh, shipped the goods to the right retailer. It was significant six figures worth of goods and those goods were disposed of. That caused that specific manufacturer to put a compliance process in place. And we, we worked the whole EDI system, uh, essentially, including uh, dashboards that went up to the executive level. So they were looking to make sure that things are flowing smoothly. Uh, notification alerts to look at key orders and key shipments to make sure that those were uh, flowing smoothly. It's a big issue. It's a really big issue. Um, we also have a, a, another customer, and this one was fairly recent, where they plan for chargebacks in their uh, month, their yearly uh, planning initiatives. And within a, a couple of days, their B2B system went down, and they ran through their, their chargebacks in two days, the whole chargeback that they planned for the year. <laughs> they were saying going into it, oh, it's okay, we can wait. And then all of a sudden, that money dried up, and they very quickly worked and you know got in touch with us to, to help them fix it. Right. And, you know, when you hear these stories, somebody who's not familiar with chargebacks might say, that's crazy. They're not going to destroy goods. They're not going to charge, you know, suppliers that much. It, it, that's not true at all. So I, I've, I've got a story. So as I've mentioned on the podcast a few times, I used to work for a publishing company. And uh, at the time, in the late 90s, uh, we started doing work with a very small company called Amazon.com. At the time, they only sold uh, books. They sold it online. I remember when I got the project, I was like, why are we even doing business with this company? It was accustomed to doing work with Barnes & Noble, uh, Walden Book, CompUSA, Electronics Boutique, a lot of companies that don't exist anymore. Um, but I started working with them. And because I had a tight relationship with this company and, and I knew the people there, as Amazon grew and they started taking on more products in, in their, uh, uh, on their site, and they started implementing a chargeback program and they went live with Vendor Central, I got really insider insight into how their operations work. I was actually invited to do a warehouse tour with them when they first started automating a lot of their processes in in the late 90s, very early 2000s. Um, And I saw firsthand what happens when product gets to their warehouse and there is not an associated ASN 
or if the weights and measures on that particular ASN are inaccurate. You know, they have a completely automated process. And if unrecognized packages come onto this conveyor belt, little robotic arm pushes that uh, product off to an area where it has to be handled manually. Um, and sometimes for a very large uh, truckload that was unexpected, that truck will sit there because they don't know how to process it. They don't have the people set aside to process very large uh, quantities of packages like that that are unaccounted for. So yeah, it's not unrealistic at all that they have to get rid of that, get it out of the way, send that package away, send that truck away uh, so they can you know, the, the rest of their automated processes can, can work without, without error. And if you think about, you know, what's been in the news over the last month or so with Amazon raising uh, their own uh, minimum wage to $15 an hour, think about it. If you send a truckload of packages to Amazon, now the people, the human beings who have to handle that rather than the, um, the automated process, those people are, are being paid more money, which is a good thing, but that just means the cost of inefficiency to Amazon just went through the roof. So if you think some of these Amazon chargebacks are bad now, and some of the numbers are, you know, a late purchase order acknowledgement uh, or a change to your purchase order acknowledgement, that can be 1% of the total order. Late ASNs can be $5, $100, $150. Non-compliant ASNs, so even if your ASN is on time, but there's inaccurate data in there, I can be between 2 and 6% uh, of the cost of that product. These are insane numbers, and this will add up big time, and that's just where they are now. Yeah, the amazing thing is that this is all relates back to the consumer. We don't think about that. Uh, companies don't think about that. They think about their individual businesses uh, and their individual bottom lines and individual profit. But at the end of the day, uh, what's driving all this is the demand from the consumer. They want things quicker. They mm -hmm. want things as cheap as possible. They want new uh, goods, new versions of, of uh, goods to be released quickly. It all goes back to what the consumer's expectation is. I, I love my Amazon Prime. As much as we might be, you know, railing on Amazon here for these chargebacks, I am an Amazon, you know, user every every week without, you know, without fail. Um, but, you know, the cost, whether it's Amazon or any other retailer, uh, the cost to the supplier isn't just in dollars. It's in time, too. Fighting these chargebacks takes a lot of time. You have to um, you have to go through Vendor Central. It rarely gets resolved on the first try, right? You have to provide data, provide uh, a paper trail. There's a lot of back and forth, um, and you know some companies they just they just assume this as a cost of doing business. Right, they yeah. might just say, "I've got a budget line in here. If if I waste three hundred thousand dollars a year on yep. chargebacks, that's fine." A lot of vendors consider chargebacks too complicated to actually fight. Uh, they just consider themselves non-compliant. And as you mm -hmm. said, they have a budget line item for chargebacks. It doesn't need to be that way. And that's something that we actually tackle with Synchrify. Uh, there are tools that are out there that help you to combat uh, these types of fees. Right. And, you know, let's, let's say, you know, 1% of your sales is preventable deductions. And let's say you can just cut that number in half. If you're a, a supplier that does half a billion dollars uh, a year in revenue, um, 
that means you can save over a couple million dollars just by reducing your chargebacks in half, not eliminating them, right? There's always going to be manual errors, issues that you're, you're not going to be able to get your chargebacks down to zero. But if you can cut it in half, uh, a decent sized supplier could save That's millions of dollars. for me. That's Absolutely. A, it's definitely motivation. And, you know, part of our, our job and our mission at Co Enterprise is to show our clients how to do this and, mm-hmm. and not make them scared of it. There's no reason to be scared. You just need the right tools uh, and the right education to be able to use those tools to help combat this. Right. And, you know, I think your point was well taken about companies just assuming this as a cost of doing business and just, you know, not not bothering to fight it. The problem is what we're seeing, uh, having worked with some of the largest companies in the world on their EDI and their integration problems more and more retailers right now are looking at implementing brand new chargeback uh, programs. Mike, I know you've been working with one. Yes, we're working with a large retailer right now to put in an ASN compliance program. And they're doing it for a multitude of reasons. One is to make their supplier community better, to make them more efficient so that they can sell more of their items in their stores. That is definitely part of these programs Mm -hmm. that vendors don't typically think about up front, but they recognize in their bottom line later. Uh, But it, it is also for them to be able to provide analytics to their organization, the retailer organization, to make their processes more efficient. Uh, Ultimately, they want to get goods in stores so that consumers have them um, as quickly as possible. Uh, What's interesting about this uh, specific retailer is in their, their history, they have a very long history, they haven't had an ASN compliance program. They've looked at it as it would be a burden on the vendor. And we have been educating them on the fact that it's not a burden, it is a process efficiency that is going to help both sides. And you need to look at this from both sides. And not just both sides, but also from the consumer perspective. This is a long tail process. It starts with an order, but there is a long tail process actually to get it to that consumer. And, and we need to look at this holistically. Absolutely. And, you know, you've been working with this, you know, very large uh, retailer, and I've heard from much smaller retailers, privately owned companies that are seeing what sort of the bigger players are doing in the retail space and saying, you know what, maybe we should be doing the same thing. I have issues getting my products into the shelves and my consumers are hurting because of it. They're coming into the store and maybe leaving without making a purchase because uh, the product isn't there. Uh, you know, so the, even the smaller companies are starting to look at it now. So if you're listening to this and you're a supplier and you're like, well, the, the cost isn't high enough for me to take action on it. Now is a good time to investigate what you can do. And good news, you know, it's been kind of dire thus far. We're talking about all these chargebacks, how much they cost, all these inefficiencies. There's a lot that you can do. Uh, so one example is really put a focus on the POs and the ASNs in your organization, right? Um, Something to keep in mind is that these PO and ASN problems really aren't pure EDI problems, right? Uh, When I implemented that Amazon.com map uh, in the late 90s, I don't think I touched that for 10 years, right? It's, it's re- very rare that you're going in and tweaking the actual EDI maps. However, there's a lot of other processes where you can have breakdowns. So uh, what we did is we made sure we had additional uploads of purchase orders into the system. Uh, 
Uh, another thing you can do is work with your retailers and tell them about your process. Tell them, hey man, we don't process your purchase orders over the weekend. And I notice you're always sending us a PO on Saturday morning. Of course, that's always gonna be late. Any chance you could get us another feed of data late Friday? And I've had great responses with them saying, yep, got it. They're prepared to handle that. They wanna work with you. They don't want these inefficiencies. They don't wanna give you chargebacks. So that's number two is you can really work with these vendors tell them about your situation and that can help reduce uh, the chargebacks. Uh, the third thing that we can do is really make this chargeback problem, not just an EDI problem, but ingrain compliance into your entire organization. We know that chargebacks can occur anywhere. It's not just an EDI problem, even though EDI always gets the brunt of it. Um, one example of that happening with me was we had a new account created for a retailer, and that account was set up in the ERP system and not enabled for EDI. So there was a whole bunch of ASNs and invoices and POAs that were not coming out of the ERP system to even get to EDI. So of course, EDI is not gonna send it out. So all of a sudden we get whacked with a chargeback, EDI had no clue. Uh, so you really have to make sure that every member of your organization is aware of this chargeback, even if the EDI team is the one feeling the pain. Yeah, it's an education thing. Uh, companies are very siloed and individual departments and res responsibilities are siloed. But a business doesn't work based on one department. It works based on all of the departments doing their job and filling their roles. If we educate and explain to people the importance of each individual job function and the external partners, it will help them to understand the importance of a compliance program. And one of the big misconceptions that I've heard over my whole career is that chargebacks are a profit center for retailers. They are not a profit center. They are a way of covering costs from delays. These are highly automated organizations that need to keep costs down to be able to provide the goods and services to their consumers. We have a, a customer, for example, a distributor, and they were one of the first to have fully automated warehouses. From the time that the truck actually gets to the warehouse, to the goods being unpacked from the trucks, all the way to the shelves, it is all robotics. Anytime there are any issues with uh, not having data, an ASN, for example, the trucks will stop and, and the robots won't be able to do their work. That, at that point in time, there's additional costs. There's manual human intervention that needs to happen. And that's not built into the model of, of, the, of these retailers. Great. So we've talked about three things you can do uh, to help out with chargebacks. There's focus on your ASN and your POA process, even outside of the pure EDI uh, perspective. We talked about working with your partners, your, your retailers, whenever possible. Work with them, uh, try to collaborate and get to a solution. Uh, and the third thing we talked about was ingraining compliance into your organization. Don't work in silos, work together to solve these problems. What's the what's the fourth thing people can do, Mike, to uh, to help out with chargebacks? You synchrify, Joe. Absolutely. We some of the earliest use cases that we built into Synchrify were regarding chargebacks. So for example, 
you could set up an automated rule, right? Synchrify works day and night to say, if I process an Amazon purchase order and I don't receive a purchase order acknowledgement back from my ERP system within, pick a time, 18 hours, 24 hours, send a real-time alert to me so I can deal with the situation before I get a chargeback, right? That's key. Chargebacks are a problem. Dealing with chargebacks costs time and money. Wouldn't you rather just prevent them? Absolutely. Syncify was designed to be able to be a tool that is easy to find information. And as we said earlier on this podcast, vendors are scared because it's hard to get the information to combat a, a, a chargeback. With Syncify, it is easy. We've actually put tools within uh, the application to make finding information easy, whether it be a search bar, the search bar or, or the document filter or dashboards that have indications of issues with the drill downs on the actual issue and finding uh, what the problem is. Everything that you do within the application is to help you answer questions quickly and find information. And the great thing about that is you don't have to be an EDI professional to get this information. Let's say you're combating a chargeback and one of your retailers said, hey, you never sent the ASN. Well, you could use Syncrify, simply type in the purchase order number. You don't even need to know the ASN number. Type in the purchase order number. You can use our timeline feature to navigate right to the ASN, and then you can check to see if a 997, a functional acknowledgement, was received for that. If it was, a non-technical person can just download that document, send it off to the retailer, and provide that proof. And you can do all of this in about as long as it took me to just say that, without exaggeration, and without contacting your EDI team. So you can really take the amount of time it takes to combat these issues and minimize it uh, just in a huge, huge, to a huge degree. Um, so yeah, I, you know, there's plenty of other things that you can do in Syncrify. We encourage you, if chargebacks are a problem for you and you want some help, you want some relief, talk to us. Talk to us. Syncrify.com. Uh, you can reach out to either Mike or myself. It's Michael Rabinowitz and Joe Mandato on LinkedIn. And yeah, do yourself a favor. You know, let's let's give uh, let's let's be in a position where we can all give thanks this Thanksgiving uh, for the that reduction. Time, yeah. yeah, for the reduction in uh, these chargeback problems that all companies deal with. I'd much rather see those uh, preventable de de deductions cut in half. I'd rather see it go back to your employees and, and your families than uh, go to the retailers. Hey, it's budget season right now. Talk to us. Let's get this, uh, you know, squared away for you in 2019. And, and let's, uh, let's, let's let us help you save some money. Great podcast, Joe. Thanks for uh, including me. Like it was a blast. Three, two, one. Boom. Boom.